Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Orlando Labo was born in Puerto Rico, but deported to the Dominican Republic with his mother when he was just a small child. Labo and his mom eventually made it back to the United States, and he got his start in comedy in Miami. Through hard work and timing, he's risen up the ranks, and in the past year, he's recorded stand-up for Laugh Mom's Laugh Tracks on Tube TV, The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, and HBO Latino's Entree No. Labo was a comic to watch at the 2018 New York Comedy Festival, and is the first HBO Latino comedian to have his own half-hour special. It's called Adorable, and it's out now. So let's get to it! So, Orlando Labo. What's up, Sean? Uh, last things first. I take it you're from Florida? Yeah, from Miami, Florida. Okay. Yeah, started out there, yeah. I was, looking at, uh, I was looking at your credits, and there was a TV series that I hadn't heard of, so I clicked on it, yeah. and it was a whole bunch of uh, Miami Fort Lauderdale comedians. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. They're all not, and we're all not. Oh, Silencio, you're talking about Labor Days. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Lisa Correa was uh, subletted for me for a while. When she, awesome, when she was man. I love Lisa. I think yeah. I stayed at your place. Nah. In Queens? Yeah. Yeah, I stayed on that couch, man. Yeah. We're, we won't talk about the other roommates. <laughs> we will no longer talk about the other roommates. But yes, yeah, I stayed on that couch. Lisa looked out for me one time. Nice. I came into like audition for like a commercial mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, I just flew in, slept on the couch the one night, and uh, there. That was a great spot. Did you let it go? It was so perfect. You could fly mm-hmm. into LaGuardia. Right there. Go. Yeah. yeah. Um,. So, are you from Miami originally, or where uh, did you grow up? I grew up. I grew up in Miami. So you okay. could say, like, from the age of eight on, I was in Miami. I lived in New York before that. I lived in Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and whatnot. So I just hopped around a lot. Me and my mom. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Where did, so where did you end up going to high school? All the different places or one? Uh, no, high school graduated out of Miami Springs Senior High School. Okay. Elementary school was Miami Springs Elementary. I also went to American High School. But my class when I graduated, Miami mm-hmm. Springs. Now, did you already know you wanted to be a comedian then? Or did you have like a different plan or did your mom have a different plan for you talk about what some, you were supposed to do? No, my mom didn't have a plan. There was an ignorant plan mm-hmm. at one point in my life where I just thought I was just going to drop out of school and like end up working in the same factory my mom worked at in a place ha- called Hialeah. Right? Okay. So I thought that that's what I was going to do. And then uh, I met my then my f- friends, Moses Scott, Ru- uh, Rudy, Vargas. They were like they were they played high school basketball and whatnot. And then everybody mm-hmm. got into like college mode, like, oh, we're going to start applying for colleges and everything. And then I just looked at my, at the time, Moses, and I said, dude, I'm going to graduate. Like, I was, I had failed. I had, I was missing credits and everything. Did you not like school or did uh, school not I like lo- you? No, I love school. Mm-hmm. I love school. But it was one of those things, it's like an after school program where uh, no one really picked up that there was something that I was dyslexic. And okay. me coming from another country. Like, they they didn't know. My mom didn't know and everything. So there was something where, like, 
Now I have even Lisa Correo that we mm-hmm. just dropping her name again. She taught me like when I'm reading uh, scripts in in L.A. and mm-hmm. I'm doing cold reads, like how to keep my thumb right next to the line because sometimes I'll read the line, look back up at you, r- go back down to my next line, and it's all just alphabet soup. Oh, wow. It's like yeah, that's how. I didn't know that that's what was going on, and now I'm more, I know, like, how to deal with it and stuff like that, how to slow down. The Miami schools, even in, like, the 80s and 90s, weren't bilingual? Uh, Yeah, they were. They were. They were just, like, for some reason, I was one of those kids, I really feel that, like, and that's why I have such a passion that my wife always asks me, what do you want to do? Do you know what you want to do in your life? And then I say, when it's all said and done, I want to build a school. And I want to, like, it has for special needs. I want mm-hmm. certain things to be. In America or the DR? I want to build one in the the DR. I want to build one that, like, the kids, and they, they learn multiple language. And then each kid that graduates goes to an Ivy League college in nice. the United States. So that's their big prize, like you get. And uh, I'm able to take care of them. That's the big dream. I take care of them that, like, even the family gets, like, a little salary. Nothing major, but just enough that that kid doesn't have to go to work in the field and cut sugar cane or right. pull out yams or some craziness well, like that. Well, that's the key is to, is to build a better future, to yeah. give yourself yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Exactly. But, it was, but for you, it was only because your friends were planning on going to college that you even thought about graduating high school. Yeah, that's when I saw the other side of it yeah mm-hmm. exactly that just seeing them oh there's bigger it's bigger than just this and then I, right, you were ready to settle for yeah just factory a factory job. job dude yes i was and then it was like i've had those changes throughout my life where something just clicks inside and a different part of my brain wakes up and it's like so that first click when you decide to actually follow through with school yeah were you thinking of entertainment yet or or no what was the what was in between factory and entertainment uh, factory and entertainment was entertainment, entertainment. I had friends who were rappers and mm-hmm. they got signed to like indie labels in okay. Miami so I hung around with them so I thought I was going to be a manager so then I went to uh, community college and did like management courses mm-hmm. uh, you know like all you need to know about the music business and stuff like that I, I studied that and but I would drop out I got just enough what I thought, oh, this is enough. And again, my brain would just get bored sitting in class and dropped out. And then after all that, everything kind of like settled and I became just a blue collar guy. And I ended up at CBS, WFOR, CBS News in South Florida, owned and operated by CBS. And I got trained there to run their like live truck. Nice. So... Then we had a situation where the satellite engineer for the live trucks, he passed away. And they said, Orlando, you think you could learn the satellite part? So something that people go to school for and learn, I learned on the job. So then when I officially left CBS, I was a satellite engineer, a cameraman, and an editor. So I could go out, shoot a story with a reporter, cut the package, and transmit it back on satellite. Did you think of doing that yourself, like becoming like an on-air person? or? No, no, no. This was just like, this is just what life threw at me. So you talk about maybe the universe getting involved and yeah. just kind of like 
purposely just guiding you. I feel that that happened with me. I didn't know what I was doing. I was happy, dude. I had my me and my wife. I got married. We had a house in the close to the roads. We had two dogs, front yard, backyard. I was just like, you know, one of our good friends. I don't know. Do you know Forrest? Yeah. Forrest Shaw, great comedian, right? He was a marine biologist, and now yeah. he's also a stand-up. You know, he's touring, a, touring with Jim Jeffries. Exactly, and, but yeah. he's a dude that had like he was making a financially a lot of money and now he's just like this is what he does now he's a writer like completely different he's a writer on the jim jeffrey show on comedy central and he tours the world with jim you know it's yeah. the same thing happened with me like then i came to new york so getting to the comedy yeah yeah uh, i want to say it was my 32nd birthday mm -hmm. we came to new york and we went to gotham comedy club we saw kyle grooms Huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people don't know this about Kyle Grooms. They know him from the Chappelle show, and they know that he's the, the stand-up. Kyle Grooms used to also work in news at Univision. I, on top of it, all that he worked for a Spanish <laughs> uh, station. Did you know in him South as that? Florida? Yeah, I knew. I've heard the stories, and I knew. Then we met. So I saw. Well, so did you go to that show specifically because it was Kyle Grooms? And yes. You're like, yeah. Hey, that's the guy from Univision. Yeah, that's the guy that like the legend of him working at Univision and. Now he's a stand-up. So, and he, so what he did you think up. when you saw him on stage that first time? I was like, mm, something happened inside me. That's one of the big triggers. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, oh, this is this is something. And uh, prior to that, my wife got me like for a, a gift. She got me like training at Just the Funny, which was improv. Okay. And I liked it. I did like level one. Mm -hmm. Did some improv. And but I would always they would get mad at me because I would always say like that extra line and stuff. <laughs> and I remember the teacher, he was very a very passionate improv guy. Mm -hmm. And it was like you're outshining your troop. You're purposely outshining them. You right, know? you're hamming it up. <clears throat> yes, a team effort. It's right. a team. And I was like, oh okay. And then saw Kyle Grooms, came out of the comedy club. Next day we're walking. Uh, Somewhere I forgot where we were walking. Uh, dialed four one one old school hmm. four one one hmm. and got the information to the Miami Improv and called. They picked up and they gave me the number to corporate locally in South Florida. To this is who you call to sign up for the open mic. Okay. And I brought. I'm amazed that they would tell you that just from dialing the yeah main number. Yeah, just go. that's what I did. Well, I called the main, like, the ticket booth. Mm -hmm. And so I probably got some kid that does it as a part Here you go, harass these guys, right. you know. So I called corporate, and uh, I ended up there. How long did it take between making the phone call and actually getting on stage? Uh, probably, like, a month. Okay. Got on. I don't remember what I said, Sean. I really don't remember. But people laughed. I kind of blacked out, and people laughed, and came back and then came back and did it a couple of more times and it was, at the time it was a bringer thing where you have to invite all your friends and that's how you really get the time if not on the day of if not enough friends show up they tell you sorry you can't go on even though your your other three friends that did show up are inside eating food and having the two drink minimum did that happen to you uh that happened to other comics okay i saw it happen to other comics uh to me everybody took a liking to me mm -hmm. and i think sean it was mostly um and this advice came from Sebastian Maniscalco, where I, uh, one of the ways that I got a lot of stage time, and I'm kind of like leaping forward how I got past the open mic, was I started hosting a lot in Miami, 
and I hosted for Sebastian Menescalco, and just seeing him come in and being so funny that he was, I kind of told him, I let it I let it out of my mouth that I said, man, maybe I started this too late because I was in my 30s. Right, you already, you know, I'm, 30, right. I'm 32, 33 yeah. doing this now at this time. What do you say? He said, nah, man, you're perfect. You've lived, and then you have life experiences. You're not just either a college kid or a high school kid. Like, you know what it is to have a wife. You know, you like your material. You've lived right. a life. You know, you've, heart, you've had heartbreak. You have you things know? to make you, jokes you, about. Yeah, yeah. You've fallen in love. You've, <laughs> you, you've fallen out of love. And, um, and that gave me that extra juice. And then uh, uh, Louis Anderson came in. And he saw me also. and He's he, usually really good with younger comics. Yes, he gave me the advice. best. At three years in, Louis Anderson tells me, uh, within those first three years, I got a lot of good advice. So I got that Sebastian advice. I got Louis Anderson telling me, um, dude, that whole premise set up punchline that you're trying to do, that's not you. You're a storyteller. Start telling stories. Start. So I was like, oh, so that was like, like a gift because it might have taken me another three years to figure that out like oh what people are really into is when i'm doing the stories because you you're so close to the elephant you don't see how big it is you know <laughs> true so that was it and then bruce bruce comedian bruce bruce uh i used to worry As when opposed the, to other bruce bruce's yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's so funny because it's like it, there's a lot of people who don't know bruce bruce <laughs> but in our community well i just say bruce that's why i say comedian bruce bruce, <laughs> like comedian like, bruce, bruce. someone needs to google him but even at the Def Jam, I love the fact at the Def Jam 25 mm -hmm. when Chappelle just paused and he goes, hello, Bruce Bruce. <laughs> and I was like, that cracked me up because that's the only way that, that you do it. So Bruce Bruce taught mm -hmm. me that sometimes you're not bombing when the audience is quiet. They're like, pay attention to them. They're listening. And I was like, oh, right. okay. And... You know, those are like top three advice. And then I got lucky that I got pulled into Labor Days, that web series. That yeah, you what said. was that web series? There was a web series about a crew of guys who get picked up at Home Depot every day. Oh, okay. And do random jobs. So at one episode, we're remodeling a house. And there's a senile old man there. But it turned out that he was also like a grand wizard in the clan. Uh -huh. And we find all his stuff. all the And then he ends up dying, the old man, because he freaks out that we're all brown and whatnot. Who that. made that web series? Uh, that web series was put together by Forrest Shaw, okay. but the main guy behind it was John Wynn, okay. you know, which is a, another very funny stand-up comic. Like, yeah, from what little I know about that scene in South Florida, it's kind of, there's, there's a lot of good comedians that come out of there, but it's kind of a crazy place to do comedy. Yeah, because it's so limited. Yeah. So limited. So you either, those bar shows are really, you talk about hit or miss, those mm -hmm. are really hit or miss. The improv is very controlled. And now I, I, I even wonder, like, how are they doing when they've lost two major ones? They're just now getting the Miami improv again. The Fort Lauderdale improv went away. So I think for the last Three years is no last two years has been just West Palm Beach improv. Oh, wow. But everybody else, they have all these little satellite shows mm -hmm. that I don't know about anymore because I'm not there. But so, how did you know it was time to leave? 
Um, you know, I took a gamble just on my age, and uh, I said, I also want to break into acting. So I said, let me just go to L.A. Is that and why you picked L.A.? And I picked L.A., yeah, yeah. Uh, New York, this is the mecca. This is the mecca of comedy, and I respect it and whatnot. But I'm also, you know, I'm also like a character guy, like a character actor. You yeah. know, I, you could... There's a lot of yeah, I go into face, a lot the face and the hair yeah 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 a lot and every, yeah. every casting I go to you're like you look like uh, like and then right away I, I sometimes I got to tell them Luis Guzman and they go yeah <laughs> you're like a younger version of Luis Guzman I go okay he's not that attractive but whatever <laughs> I'm adorable so I keep it moving man <laughs> so, so did I, you did you have a plan when you went to L A uh, or did you just go? Okay, I cashed in my four hundred one k at CBS. Uh, my wife stayed in Miami in our home. Uh, I was just gonna ask. Since yeah, we were married, I cashed in the four hundred one k. So our way of living, her way of living, didn't have to change. Mm-hmm. Meaning she could still go to dinner. She could still uh, nothing changed. You know, at our house, I moved to LA. I grabbed my four hundred one k, paid for the apartment for the year in advance, and. Um, I kind of was like, let's figure it out. Let's see how I crack into this business and at the same time do comedy. Comedy is very rough because it's also, but I had the good training of Miami. It's very limited. Did you and your wife have like a plan like, okay, I'm buying this apartment for a year and if it doesn't work out, I'm going to come back or uh, or if it works, then you're going to come out here? Honestly, I, t- I told her in six months. I said in six months, I'm going to call it whether or not six months came along and um, I stayed. And then it what was, was going it, on at six? No, months? man. Like, listen, it's this funny thing. Whether you're you believe in a higher power, or you're metaphysical mm-hmm. or esoteric, whatever it is that you're into, there's always little. I I'm strongly believe when you're doing the right thing, what you're when you're doing what you're supposed to do, it, you're there. So I get to L.A. and right away I get beginner's luck, right? So I get to L.A. My second week in L.A., I get a Walmart commercial. Boom, $5,000. Oh, oh, this is easy. That's what I said, right? $5,000. Then, uh, fast forward a couple of months, I end up at a party for Michael Yo at the W Hotel, and a guy approaches me, and he goes, you're Orlando Labor. I go, yes, I am. He goes, I recognize you from your tape. I go, what's your name? He goes, Josh Sandoval. I'm one of the producers on America's Got Talent. And I was just like, he goes, I saw your tape. Uh, They weren't ready for you this year, Mm -hmm. but keep on submitting. And I build a relationship with Josh, so that's two. Third, I'm at the comedy store. I'm doing the belly room. Hardly anybody. Empty. Upstairs, belly room. You're not even doing the OR. You're not doing the main room. Belly room. Workout. That's why I I always preach do the work. There, uh, the comic in front of me goes. He's very aggressive. Then I come in with my peppy, positive way of doing stand-up that I do. Even though there's a lot of complaining in it, Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of love in it. After the after I'm hanging out, a guy hands me a card by the name of Jesse Gomez, and he's like casting at NBC. I end up a week later at with the head of casting at NBC, just sitting down and just having a general like, mm-hmm. "Hey, what what do you want to?" So we want to keep it on track. So I was just like, "Oh, this is." And that it. was all in six months. That was the, all in the first six months. So every time, so I, I talked with my wife, and then I was just like, "Hey, listen, I think we could." And she was like, no, uh, you need to follow your dream because I don't want to go to sleep at night and look at and look over at you and see, like, you sleeping unhappy because 
you know, I can't deal. She couldn't deal with me being unhappy because it was this weird thing like this, this energy that woke up on me. The minute I made people laugh on stage, it was like, this is all I want to do. Right. It's, and then it's hard to duplicate that feeling. It's hard, very hard. And then uh, she wanted me to follow my dreams, and that took that. That was two years and a half. We lived long distance, so I was oh, constantly wow. traveling back and forth from Miami. You know, so so was she. Did you work the road too, or no? I worked you? the road with Michael Yo, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian Menescalco, Forrest Shaw. Every once in a while, I went on the road with him. And that was it. So I worked the road, and I was, I was, then I did the Uber, the Lyft, the Postmates, my phone. And that was back in the days when Uber, Lyft, and Postmates would give you, well, Uber and Lyft would give you their own cell phones. Mm-hmm. So I had, like, my, my dashboard looked like a 747. I had so many phones on my dashboard because <laughs> it's like if Uber wasn't calling, I had the Lyft open, too. Oh, okay, I got a Lyft mm-hmm. ride, and I was doing all that kind of stuff. Did anyone ever know that you were a comedian slash actor or recognize you? No. Okay. No, never had one of those moments on time. I haven't had those moments now, you know, so it's cool. I kinda well, this is your first half hour on TV. Yeah, right? that, so, well, yeah. You've so, had spots, but... Yeah, I've had moments, and there's another moment, and that's... Like Gotham that, County Live, I don't know how many people watch that show. Yeah, but, you know, it was Gotham. You <laughs> right, know, it still counts as yeah, a credit. Yeah, yeah. But. it's there, and, and those Mazzilli brothers, they're awesome. They knew me because they worked with Sebastian back then, and right. I think till this day now. Yeah, I think they do work with And yeah. they, uh, they, they gave me that shot just to come in, and I was just like, oh, okay, let's do it. So... Just tell me just for a couple minutes what that life is like where you're a working comedian, yeah. but then you're also doing all these side hustles. Uh, it's, it's, for me, perfect. Mm-hmm. Because I can, A, I'm not a writer, like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write jokes like that. I write jokes, but I don't sit down. I got to live life. So that kept me entertained. You know, till this day, I, I love... around and yeah, interacting with strangers. Interacting with strangers, and it keeps you entertaining. You're making a dollar. I've always had this thing, you know, because I come from such a humble background, humble code word for poor background, that, like, the bank needs to look a certain way for me. You know, that bank account, the savings need to look a certain way. When it drops past a certain number, I start getting on the edge. Like, hey, listen. And, you know, you're a husband, too, at the same time. So... It was fun for me. I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed doing this. I, I enjoy doing this, what we're doing right now. It's like, you know, I could just be in L.A., like they say, and just hanging out. It's like, no, let's go to New York. Let's do some interviews. Let's do the work. I love the work, man. I do, because it's the only thing that's real that no one, other than our art, that is out there, and that's really the work. No one can take away the work from you. Well, and like you like you said here, yeah. doing the work is what's given you the opportunities. Yeah. That's that's really it, man. So, that's really it. How long? So how long did it take to get this? To get the HBO? The HBO Latino. Yeah. I'm going. This is my ninth year in comedy that okay. I'm about to do, and I was saying the last uh, two years, everything has started 
clicking last three years I, a i become i feel like i'm becoming i'm constantly trying to become a better human being love more give out more love being more in contact stop talking to you and looking over your shoulder <laughs> to see who else is walking into the room right. because subconsciously you realize that i'm doing that even though you're not acknowledging it and connecting with you so i became that guy I, i've been evolving and becoming more conscious about doing that and just the work has got i'm more comfortable to be honest so that's why i said it, I agree with uh, when people say sometimes when it, people say, oh, it takes about 10 years. I agree with it because there's a certain level, even if you're an older dude of maturity that needs to happen to you as the baby comic that you are. So that happened. Uh, and I preach a lot about the new thing that I'm really into. Like every big thing had a small beginning. And the HBO Latino special now, the 30 minutes is coming from a five-minute seed that was planted on Enter the Nose Part 3. Like, hey, you got to prove for five minutes on Enter the Nose Part 3. Mm-hmm. I remember other comics that know me, they're like, they only gave you five minutes, and I was just, and I'm grateful. Oh, man, I'm so, yeah, but it's HBO Latino. And I go, what does that have to do with anything? Can you please tell me the first three letters? And they go, HBO, thank you, (laughs) which is our culture, which is the original place. Bill Burr has a 30 minutes on HBO. You get me? Like, people are like. Right, it used to be that's all you got. Oh, I want to, I want to, and not, and, and I. And I don't bang on anybody because we all have our own journeys, and I won't say any other networks. Well, I was just I was just about to ask but, because, yeah, it used to be HBO. Carlin would get an hour, yeah. Robert Klein would get an hour, but then yeah. everybody else was half hours. Yeah, and you grew into your hour, yeah. and I love that because it's like it's kind of like it's kind of like middling, where sometimes <laughs> middling is the easiest spot. In a set, the headliner is the one that carries the show. The host has to open the show. You come in the middle, the drinks are already on the table. They've already had some of their food. You kind of got the sweet spot, to be honest with and you. And you only yeah. have to be there 20, yeah. 25 minutes. 20, 25 minutes there. And these people get this 25-minute window into you. And then after, they go and shake your hand, and they're like, you were wonderful. And then some of them say ignorant stuff, like, oh, I liked you better than the headliner. Dude, <laughs> that guy just carried that show for an hour. Yeah. He had to deal with your ups and downs and a check drop. Yeah. Please respect. <laughs> all right? Comedy is like, I, 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 I'm an educator, too, about it. Uh, you know? So, I appreciate it. So that. I love the culture. I love, I love our but, culture. I and going back to even, like, yeah. the Tonight Show... Jimmy was so uh, impressed when we were having our one-on-one conversation that I was like, this is a rite of passage, and thank you for granting it to me. Because I feel that way. Like, this is, you know, this is it, yo. This is it. Well, I know you just said not wanting to mention other networks, but, you know, these days there's so many places where people can put out half hours or hours or even 15 minutes now Netflix is And it's wonderful. Did you... but back in the day, there was a half hour on Comedy Central or a half hour on HBO. Yeah. Did you feel like what in those years, those last couple of years before you got this, that you were missing out when everybody else was jumping in? Or no, I've never, I've never, I never operated under that 
type. I, I really don't. I don't. I don't know why I was a. A lot of comedians do. They feel like, how did so and so get this? No, I don't go in that journey because it's. Like, I don't go in that mind trip. By the okay. way, how come because they got new faces. How come they got? I've never been Comedy that way Central, because it's like in reality. Netflix. Yeah, in reality, I'm not even supposed to be here is a humble way of saying it. I'm not supposed to be sitting here with you, Sean. I legit used to take showers out of buckets in Dominican Republic. You get me? Mm -hmm. No running electricity, no water. I'm not supposed to be here. This is awesome. A lot of the young comics, when they talk to me, they're like, what's the advice that you have for me? I say, you have no competition. No competition. They go, what do you mean? I go, no competition, dude. Your lane is your lane. And we all say we're going to the same spot, but people are going to get off at different exits. You know, your lane is your lane. Your comedy is your comedy. You know, there's there's a comic out there, uh, great comic, great human being, uh, Preacher Lawson. Yeah, yeah. Does America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent blows up. And he's a Florida guy, too. You know, and technically, I won Florida's funniest comedian at one point. You know, how come I didn't get America's Got Talent? You know why I didn't get America's Got Talent? Because it's not my journey. You know, that was Preacher Lawson's journey. And that's why I tell everybody, I preach it. You have no competition. He's going to be where he's going to be. You're going to be where you're going to be. I'm going to be where I'm going to be. There is a little thing, though, that you can hack the system. Do the work. Mm -hmm. Because if you're doing the work, you can't feel that way. Usually when you feel that way, how come that guy's getting that? How come when you're questioning stuff is because you probably... Are, there's something that you're dealing with. That's mm. your own issue. What is that issue that you're dealing with? Not that you're not doing the work, but maybe there's something that you really else want to do. Maybe you want to go and do comedy in Australia. Man, just figure it out. Make a make. You know that maybe that's your thing. You want to yeah. go to the UK. You know, I have a, a good friend, Sean Garrett, Sean G. He goes to the UK all the time, and he had, man, when he comes back, he comes back brand new, reinvigorated, full of energy, because that's that's his jam man that's his jam i can't even think of that right now <laughs> you know i can't right. think of that and hbo latino gave me a 30 minutes and i really can't think wrap my head around going to the uk and doing comedy right now i don't know what do you what do you think then is the is the key to maintaining that that positive mindset that you have just focus on what you do the work like and what's what's how do you maintain that that mindset though is it is it just a matter of staying humble or remembering where you came from or it's is it something that like your your parents instilled in you or well my parents are immigrants my mom mm. almost drowned crossing from dominican republic to puerto rico on on a little boat uh so i have all that behind me I'm humbled because I, I'm just so, again, I, I live every day like, yo, I'm really, something happened, cars were dropped the right way, and I ended up with a visa. My family ended up with a visa because, really, I was born in Puerto Rico, but then we all got deported, and they didn't separate me from my mom, even though I was born in Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. which makes me a U.S. citizen. Yeah. They, like, they booted me right across the pond, too. And they were yeah. like, when he's enough to, old enough to come back or if there's someone else that can travel with him, he's welcome back into the country. <laughs> but for now, go with your mom. Oh, wow. you know? So uh, that's how I ended up living in the Dominican Republic and, and having the humble beginnings. And, and it, it is that, man. It is just a, and I just think it's work. If you just work... Work, work, work. 
work, 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 and <laughs> find the joy in it. Mm-hmm. Find the joy. And, and comedy is so awesome, dude, because it's like, it's A, instant gratification. When you get on stage, you get the laughs, you get the jokes, you get the laughs, and you feel great. Oh, awesome. One. So look at it that way. B, it's like, like, I guess you have to ask yourself that question. Um, if you won, if you won the Powerball mm-hmm. or the Mega Millions, like I hand to everything that's beautiful in this world, if I would have won that $1.6 billion, right? Right. Sean, the next day I would have came and I would have done Caroline's because I was scheduled to do Caroline's. You get me? Or I would have gone and done the show. That's what you love to do, and that's also what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I would have done the show that I did last night. There's a great show called, um, God, it's the first time. It's run by Makala Lee and Petey. Okay. Where is it? Is um, Too Many Cooks? No, no, it was great. Man, what a great show. I'm not a New York guy, so. Oh, well, there's there's also, because this is the New York Comedy Festival Week, there's so many different shows happening. Yeah. There's a That's consistent right. show, and they sell out a lot. That, well, there's a Better Days. Okay. Better Days comedy show. And um, I would have gone, like billionaire and all. Mm-hmm. I would have probably said, quiet, I won't tell nobody. I'm, I'm paranoid <laughs> about that. you wouldn't stuff. say that on stage. No, no, I'm paranoid. No, I'm paranoid, period, about yeah. people knowing you're, you're wealthy or whatnot. I'd, well, then they all come crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah, I, I really love I I think one of the states where they won is actually one of like one of seven states that's, that has it in the law that you don't have to tell them who you are. All the other states you have to say. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I would have done common. So I guess that's the way you got to look at it. If you're doing this, would you do it if you were, if nothing, if you knew that you weren't going to get anything out of it, would you still do stand up? And I would. I would. I guess the laughs, yeah. That will, but I would. I would do stand-up. Feels good, man. Well, Orlando, it felt good talking to you. Thank you, Sean, man. Appreciate you, so you buddy. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.